What up, GMs, and welcome back to the Commissioner's Corner. I am your old man, Commish Andy Kapek, and I'm here to recap week number four of the Old Man Basketball Association. I've also got an interview with the man of the hour, Chris Govers, who is the GM of the hottest team in the league so far this season. So, boys, let's get it going. So to recap this week, you guys like to go over the closest win and the biggest deficit um, so far this week. So this past week we had uh, closest win is going to go to uh, Los Gigantos Hagantes Blanco over Seth's brother's team. So Connor, general manager of Los Gigantes Blanco, got his first win during this season and for his tenure here in the league. Uh, Seth's brother's team, along with the other uh, expansion GM, Kellen, yeah, still looking for their first win. But guys, it's a long season, so don't don't be too worried here. I know you guys will get your first win coming up this, this week. I know I'm playing Seth's brother's team, and my team is really struggling. So might be an opportunity for him to get his first win. The closest loss, uh, or sorry, the, the biggest defeat goes to uh, Thick Boy, uh, over Boban, so um, you know almost a 500-point deficit there. Um, so big week for him. But biggest winner this week goes to Luca. Time he had a huge beat week beating Ice Tray. Um, you know Ice Tray would have beat any other team this week had he not come up against Govers. And I actually have an interview with him coming up to talk about his team, the stand-up that he had to do as a punishment for finishing last last season so guys just because you you're having a bad year maybe this season doesn't mean that you can't bounce back right away you know look at chris here for um an example ironically enough the winner of the weekly challenge november which was going to go to the player who um scores the most point who has at least some sort of mustache goes to the beard on luca time um you know him uh, James Harden and Luca have been absolutely carrying Chris's team. We talk about it here in a sec, but congratulations for winning that weekly challenge this week. So coming up here, guys, it's an interview with the aforementioned Chris Govers. Um, really fun talk with him about his team, the strategy, the stand-up, all of the above. So so stay tuned, and, um, and here's the interview. All right, guys, I'm here with... Uh, Chris Govers, he is um, one of the GMs who's been with us here for a few seasons, but wanted to give him the inter- or the opportunity to introduce himself, and then we'll uh, go ahead and get going with Pod. Appreciate that, Andy. Yeah, um, team name, as I'm sure uh, my victims have seen to this point, Luca Time, <laughs> um, based that around my my main man Luca Doncic, which I uh, you know just keeper keeper. So, you know, for, for anyone who's at the bottom of the barrel right now, like I was last year, I definitely see the value moving forward with Rooks. And uh, I think Andy does as well with John Moran. I've already tried to hustle him with to no uh, success. But <laughs> long story short, um, yeah, Luca time over here. Um, I want to say I've been in this league since you piloted this bad boy, but I could be mistaken there. So I think you're uh, on two, two seasons. I think we, we had one year before you. I think. Possible. Yeah, possible. Um, I was the year that uh, I know Valeri was in two years, something like that. So it's been a while, but it's been a lot of fun. 
Um, I'm based out here in San Diego with my wife and the little munchkins that you saw on draft day. So that's fun. Yeah. And uh, from the, the main hood that Andy's from and Bo and a couple of the guys here, Saratoga. And uh, favorite NBA teams are obviously the Warriors. Um, most fun team I, I like to watch at this point. One of them is actually Sacramento, believe it or not. They're not as fun this year as they were last year. Yeah. Um, and then on the East, I'd have to say Chicago after that performance with Kobe White and Laurie Markinen. They, they just they have a weird, unique dynamic, and I, I enjoy watching those young guns play. Do you have uh, do you have League Pass or anything, or are you streaming at Reddit, or how do you usually watch? So usually I get the League Pass, and I was about one day away from doing it before I found out that Steph is out for the season, and you know Clay's not going to play, and I was like, why am I going to pay to watch these guys? So I did find that on the NBA.com you can purchase games for five bucks, and so every nice. once in a while, if it's blocked out, I'll just purchase a game here and yeah. there. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, obviously here in, in the Bay, we get all the Warriors games just on, on regular TV, but I forgot down in San Diego, you'd obviously <clears throat> need League Pass to watch them. So, um, well, I get all the Lake Show and Clippers, so I'm not – yeah, you got enough games probably playing. Yeah. And then yeah. you all of those games are, are televised, right, like no matter what. That's correct. We get the Lakers channel down here. Okay, nice. Um Cool. So that's uh, that's Chris, and I think the uh, first place that we have to start out uh, is the stand-up comedy. Uh, just to give you know the backstory of, unfortunately, Chris finished last place last season. Um, although, like he in his introduction, he's riding high right now. Um, but yeah, just wanted to you know originally the punishment for getting last place was supposed to be going to a WNBA game. It got to the end of the season where. <laughs> the LA team was in the playoffs and I was sending him texts like, Hey man, you're going to get up there. Um, so I had to, you know, change it up a little bit. I, and I feel like the standup was probably much uh, scarier than just watching a terrible NBA, WNBA, WNBA game. <clears throat> it was. And, and to just set the scene, um, I was at the office when I was telling some coworkers of mine, what I had for the agenda for the night. And most of them, like I had to watch what I said because our, um, you know, our head of marketing is a female, a couple other females on the team. But the dudes died when they were like, you're telling me that your punishment is to see a WNBA game. And I couldn't hold back the laughter. So that punishment going forward, I think, is uh, suitable and hilarious. And I think that we should just, if, you know, implement maybe you you miss out on the league, you got to do a stand-up. Like there's no more... I, I don't know. There's, there's nothing in my life. And Andy, you know me a long time that I've even done remotely as scary and embarrassing as uh, stand-up comedy in front of strangers. So, so was, I mean, I watched it. How'd you think you did? Horrible. And the reason I thought it was horrible was because the stories were great because they always are, but I was so nervous that there were no pauses and pauses like the main thing that makes a comic, you know, they need to resonate in the laughter in the story. Right. Let, let them uh, have a reaction. <laughs> exactly. I went from A to B to C like super quick. And believe it or not, those lights, I don't know if anyone was, you know, did acting or, or even comedy or anything growing up. I didn't. Those lights like blind you. So you yeah, You said that right when you got up there. You were like, whoa, okay, these are bright. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't see anything. And it just, I got there at 930 to check in for my 10 o'clock slot. 
And because there were 40 other people or something, I didn't go on till 12, 30, 12, 40 in the morning. And I had to wake up for a six o'clock call with a client <laughs> the next day. So it was, it was rough to say the <laughs> least. Hey, a true dedication to the league. We appreciate that. And um, yeah, I know we were, what, almost three weeks into the season. I was like, Chris, we got to get this done, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, appreciate it. Dude, honestly, I would have been so nervous up there too. I think you did a good job. I'm not surprised that you kind of <laughs> just rushed through it, um, especially after sitting there for whatever it was, like three hours. Was anybody funny that was there? Before? Yeah, that was like, the worst part is it was really dark because it was an open mic night, obviously, and it was on a Wednesday. And so there was just a strange crowd. Like I told my wife, there were there were crackheads doing like cocaine off the toilet <laughs> seats in the bathroom. Like that's the kind of crowd I was working with. And so nice. it was not... Um, great and the guy who came and recorded it is actually a good friend of mine and he's like a diehard christian not that, that matters but he's not uh how do we say he was very taken aback by the surroundings so it was, a, it was interesting to say the least oh man that's hilarious so moral of the story is just go to the WNBA game go to the WNBA game uh, there's that girl on oregon this year who's like balling up she's gonna be probably a draft pick and uh i don't know the supposedly she's like the next uh, curry for girls. Have you seen that? I have not. I, you know, I, we always make the running joke of like, I bet you're going to see some crisp outlet passes and some sweet reverse layups, but you know, fundamentals, baby. <laughs> exactly. But some of these ladies have stepped up the game. I, I want to say there's at least a handful of them that can actually jam, which is quite impressive to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I can't dunk anymore, like not even close, but uh, the girl from Oregon, I've seen just a few highlights, but she honestly does pull up from the logo and it's, I don't know, we'll see. Not yeah. that I'm really going to actually go watch her, but. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll check her out on a uh, celebrity all-star game for the NBA in a couple of years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, her and Della Don. Um, all right. So, time to get into the actual league stuff. Um, wanted to just start off with. Uh, from, you know, obviously the beginning of the season when you were going into the draft, what your strategy was, like if you had any targets, you know, guys you wanted but you didn't get, that kind of stuff. I did. So I made a mistake. I think the last two years I really learned from it. And for some reason I thought that big men were vital. And what I meant by that is obviously you're going to take a, a Harden, Durant, an Irving, um, a Steph, you know, Giannis, these guys up front. And then you have your elite big men kind of like a Carl Anthony Towns, a, a joke of Jokic and then they uh, like an Anthony Davis. But I think where I messed up is thinking, okay, the big men talent goes from elite down to like, eh, and down to like really garbage quick. So the last couple of years I tried to get a bunch of big men. Cause I thought that that's what I would need when what I think I've learned is you really just want guys who, you know, can a shoot the three these days um, kind of approach that double, double, triple, double, on a nightly basis. So I went into the draft this year with just looking for scores and guards that are effective um, on a night in night out basis. And I, I think, uh, you know, I'm not here to gloat, but I think I did a way better draft than I ever have in the past. I think what also helps is that you have, you got Luka Doncic as a keeper yes. and you have James Harden and those yes. are the number two and number three guys in the league right now. Yes. And so you essentially got two number one picks who are just carrying you. I mean, and that's kind of the way the, I feel like the league works. I had James Harden last season and right. honestly he cared. He, I won the league because of James Harden. I mean, if you look at his stats over the last however many um, 
games for for him this season it's unbelievable he's averaging over 40 points you know he's like close to 10 assists it's just consistently 60 70 point games and then you look over and Luca is doing the exact same thing I don't know how many triple triple doubles he has already but yeah, it's a ridiculous amount right now and it's to be honest I think Harden is expected at this point you know he's a triple double machine if anything I think people didn't take him as high even though I had the fourth pick because of Russ that hasn't affected him to this Not at all. From what I've seen. Um, Luca, though, I mean, he's had – Andy, he, he had 80 points last night, and then he had 82 two nights before that, and then 61 and 74 before that, and then a 75 and 78 following that. Like, the dude is just in fuego. Unbelievable. And then the triple – so the triple-double, right, you get an extra eight points tacked on to just for getting the triple-double in terms of the fantasy. So – you know, it's essentially, you know, almost a 10 points right there just once he hits that triple-double. He's got six already this season, which is, I think, by far the highest. I was listening to Colin Coward on the drive uh, home today, a replay, and he was comparing him to almost a LeBron. And at first I was like, where are you going with this? And he made the point that he's listed at like 6'7", but he, he said he, he looks more like a 6'10 guy. But because he weighs so much, I didn't realize that Luca's like 270 or 260 at least. and he kind of just – he abuses guards because he's too big for guys guard to guard him. him. Honestly, but, nobody can guard him. But, yeah, the little guys, he just – Too fast to, for the big guys to guard him. Because mm-hmm. he, he's essentially – I feel like they run the pick and roll. He gets into the middle of the key and just has so many different options, but then also has the step back where he, he's just a phenomenal pick and roll player and nobody can guard him. And when you have him and James Harden who – is the most unguardable player in the league. It's not a surprise that you're <laughs> just dominating. I mean, you put up this 1,800 uh, points last, last week, right? I did. I barely uh, got 1,000, dude. My team is – it's a struggle. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of crazy. If you look at the last place team with Boban and they've put up 44-18 um, and I've put up 63-16 at four games, like to be – have that much of a gap is, you know, interesting. And that's – the thing I do want to mention is I did get last place last year, but I actually won my last game of the season to tie for the worst record. But there was a tie break of whoever was second to last hat on me. So that's how I got out on a technicality. Well, I think also I was looking into it this past season. And what I, what I said right before the season started was we're going to try to decide last place based off of the actual consolation bracket. I like and that, that way, if you're, you know, fighting, you know, it kind of keeps the people, even if they're at the bottom of the, the league, still invested because you're going to want to try to avoid um, that you know, last place. So, because um, I think you ended up, if you actually looked at the Constellation bracket, I don't know if everybody continued to actually change their rosters and whatnot, but I think you ended up winning those two games. So, technically, you would have been seventh I think so yeah and, sorry and I, about that but no, it's okay I you know if, if anyone needed to go through this piggyback run of the last place Sacco it should have been me let's just be real here I was gonna say <laughs> you know everything happens for a reason and now you're just you got James Harden and Luca and you can just ride them <laughs> and you know another thing that's really helped so far when I'm looking at this roster is there's been some surprises and uh well, I guess, yeah. The, the biggest surprise for me has been Marcus Morris. The guy's putting up uh, some significant numbers, not consistently, but he's had some 40-point, 50-point uh, occasions here. And then the low has been 18. And kind of the way I look at my roster is if you're a guy 
who is interchangeable, who can put up 18 to 25 a night for me. I don't want more than a couple of those guys, but I'm willing to hold on to you for that. Because what hurt me a lot last year was injuries, which, you know, that, that could happen at any time. Sucks. But trying to play that rat race of like, oh, do I want to start, you know, this guy this day, this next day, and then someone picks him up for the rest of the year. And I'm like, I should have, like, here's a good example. I dropped JaVale McGee after game three and picked up some other guy who was garbage. And then I, I, you know, I was like, you know what, maybe I need to give him more time. Picked up McGee again and realized McGee is not playing well right now, but he is putting up enough points to where he's serviceable. And then the same with Dwight Howard. Like, it doesn't make any sense to have both the centers who aren't Anthony Davis, but it's working right now. Hey, I mean, honestly, I'm looking through the guys that you drafted. um, And, I mean, you got Dwight Howard with your second to last pick, which – you know, when you're getting them that late in the draft is is a huge surprise. And then, I mean, dude, you, you just had a great, you know, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, CJ, Jamal Murray. I mean, like, all these guys are, are solid players. You got, you know, getting Jamal Murray in, like, the fifth round is, is pretty legit. So well, a lot of these guys as well are guys who killed me in previous seasons. So I always wanted Lou Williams but never wanted to recognize he was good. But fantasy-wise, the guy is good. And in real life, he's good. And he's good. I mean, it, it's crazy to me how Paul George has come back and is scoring, like, ridiculous amount of points in 19 minutes or whatever it was. You see it the other week, but yeah. the other day. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to look. I mean, so Marcus Morris, you didn't draft, so he's one of your good pick uh, pickup. That, Correct. Um, I think I picked him up after draft night and thought, oh, this guy's probably better than whoever I selected. Um, I know it's funny, but – I couldn't believe no one took a chance on Carmelo, like not even a terrible team. And so I was like, I'm in the position where I can waste a guy on Carmelo. And I mean, 12 points in his first game back in three, how long has it been? Three seasons? Yeah. I'll or, take, uh, I think it's two, two seasons. I'll take Carmelo Anthony as a, as a streamlined pick. Take a, take a gander on him. Well, it was funny because somebody else picked him up and then dropped him and then you picked him up. It's, it's cr- the worst is when you pick up somebody – they play like well for you for like three games you, or like two games, bad game. You drop them, then somebody else picks them up, and then they're just great for the rest of the season. Right. Um, for me, it's uh, Rashawn Holmes. I had him for two games this year, dropped him, and now for Sacramento, for Ricky, he's averaging – it's like 35 points a game. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, my God, just stick it out. Uh, that same issue of just pulling the trigger too quick. That's how I feel about Alex Len, and I know he's not producing this year, but I always feel like Alex Len is a guy who's on the waiver wire but ends up being a good long-term call. He's, he's one of those guys where if he plays enough minutes, he's really good at fantasy. The problem is, is that he'll randomly have games where he only plays like six minutes or something like that, and you're like, why? When he exactly. plays 28 minutes, he averages, it gets like 35 points a game, but – he just never gets that many points or that many minutes. So yeah, to answer your question, um, definitely had a good draft. Obviously, a lot of luck involved. Um, Tyler Hero was my rookie pickup, and I think it, it really is funny because I think everyone who could come on this cast, I think a question you should truly ask every person who comes on is the how much did your persuasion and uh, kind of ask of Zion, did that push people away from Zion? Because you actually talked me out of Zion. He was for sure going to be my selection. 
Yeah, but good thing you didn't. You got Hart. Imagine if you'd taken Zion and you skipped on Harden and somebody else had him right after you. Yeah, I wouldn't be 4-0, that's for sure. But, no way. But the point of it, though, is you're not you're, – I, mean, I know you're not having the season that you want. It's only been four games. But, I mean, you're sitting there at 1-3, and three, which is fine. And there's plenty of time. And you don't even have your number one guy. And you're going to get either Zion or Jaw at the end of the year. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, you need to – whether it's me or somebody else, you got to make a superstar deal for one of those guys so you can get a ton of value back because you can't bring them both next year. I know. I'm, I'm really debating on um, – Or you just like, ride it I, out and don't let anyone else get him. I, I definitely want to trade him or one of them um, just because it, it doesn't make sense for me to keep both. But it um, doesn't. Well, I guess then somebody else can't keep them. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's just – my team is so hurt right now that – and Jaws has been playing really well. <laughs> I'm like, I can't drop him or I can't trade him just because he's, I don't know if I'm going to get enough return right now. And I feel like once it gets a little closer to the trade deadline, maybe people are off for more. I don't know. I mean, well, when you were my team right now, I've got you, six guys on the injury. Um, I remember like, I, I when you were traveling Jamal Murray straight up for, uh, for John, I was like, that's a good trade if it wasn't a keeper. Or not a great trade, but it's a solid trade. But then I thought, you know, you probably wouldn't be interested in that long term. I mean, you've got a lot. I mean, if we're, if we're having this discussion here on, on live no, we're camera. Having on the air. We're having it on the air. Okay. I mean, I was looking at Ben Simmons. You know, understand that Ben Simmons this, this year is a better player. But you if you think about it, getting him for – second season you know I might be open to that um how open are you you open to if I if I sent you Ben Simmons right here right now would you accept that trade oh shit um (laughs) putting me on the spot honestly that's the point of this I know I might Think about it, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that at the very end. All right, we'll come back to it at the end. i got to just pull up their stats here. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, honestly, it just doesn't make sense for me to keep both. But, dude, I, I mean, I love watching Ja. I mean, I, I have the, the Warriors game on here in the background. Um, Warriors are actually going to beat Memphis. So, What's going on? What's up? How many points does Pascal have? Um... Does Pascal have – I mean, he's 17 points, three assists, one block, four five rebounds. <laughs> Dude, I had I, Pascal on my team earlier in Fantasy 2, and I fucking dropped him. I mean, ah! nobody, nobody saw that coming, Andy. Nobody. I mean, I, I was like, if anybody on this team out of the rookies I think is going to have a good season, it's going to be him over Poole and, and uh, you know, their other guys. But – just didn't stick it out long enough, and now he's just balling out. I mean, he's like – he's pretty much their first offensive option when with all the guys that are hurt. What I love about it, though, is my dad and I chat about this all the time, and he's such a big Warriors fan. And, you know, he's, he gets down in the dumps, like, even when we had Durant, and he's like, oh, man, they're, they're not playing well. They're, they're not playing Warrior basketball. This is bullshit. And so now all of a sudden that there's no expectations, he's enjoying it, and – it's basically an open tryout for all the guys we have for next season at this point. Pascal is most definitely, I don't know what his contract situation is, but we got we to gotta get that guy locked up for a couple of years. Dude, he, I mean, he is good. And I was actually, I just, uh, excuse me, posted a, 
week, the week two uh, podcast that I was trying to do got caught up with work. So I didn't end up posting it, but um, interview with Doug and, and we were just talking about it and it's, there really aren't that many NBA guys on the team, but Pascal does remind me a little bit of Draymond when he came out, just like a kind of a tweener, but like strong, not as fat as, as, as uh, <laughs> Draymond was, but right. um, still kind of can do everything. So it, I mean, I like him as a, as a player. I just should have kept him on my damn fantasy team. I get it. Let me, <laughs> let me throw the ball back in your court before we uh, hop on to the next subject here. How, how do you feel about your team? I mean, barring injury, um, how do you feel you drafted? I mean, again, I, if I'm being totally honest, I was not planning on taking Zion. It was just – I knew that – uh, let me just pull up the draft results because I remember – it was the flashy gold coin and dangling in front of your face there on the. No, I think it was yeah. So Bo, uh, Boban, right? So that's my. Um, I, I was waiting for Kawhi Leonard to come back around, and if I could have gotten Kawhi and Andre Drummond, like I was already targeting Andre Drummond, who's honestly a phenomenal fantasy player. He's just. Why is he, I didn't realize he was this good. I thought you guys were joking on the draft day. Why is he so freaking good at fantasy? He's just the most consistent player, and he gets 20 point, 20 rebound games almost every single game. I think he's. Hold on, let me just pull that up too, because he's. Um, of course, it's not going to give me all players. Sorry. <clears throat> um, he's the sixth best player in the league right now. So. You know, but I wanted Kawhi and he just got picked up. And so Zion was just sitting there and I just felt like I had to, which was actually kind of funny because had I have picked Drummond with my first round pick and Zion just with the second round pick, he would yeah. have uh, won me the, the week one challenge of the number one picks. <laughs> but it's uh, just how it goes, though. I know, right? Um, anyways, I mean, my team, I've just got a ton of hurt, guys. That's sort of the way things go. Um, you know, guys who, who even I'm, it's, sh- I shouldn't be relying on them, but they're out, you know, Winslow and Jeremy Lamb, like these guys have just been sitting out five, six games in a row. And it's just killing me. But you, I, don't wanna, I, you don't want to drop those guys and then someone like myself, pick them up or someone else. And then they kill you in the end of the year. What's killing me is that they're, they're almost, you know, droppable. Like Justice Winslow, he's, he's honestly with the games that he's played has been great. Same actually with Jeremy Lamb, but you know if they if it actually lasts the whole season, I just am too scared to just drop them. So, and then obviously doesn't help with uh, DeAndre Ayton. I mean that was <laughs> really that, tough. that was that was unfortunate. But but I mean at this point, um, I'm many- pretty much hoping that I can get a few like one or two more wins before Christmas, and then I'll have Zion and Ayton back right at around the same time, and that's really when I can hopefully go for a run. But I mean, I mean, you're one game away from being in the playoffs. I mean, that sounds silly at four games. So it's like you're really not in a dire need at this point. But, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's – I mean – oh, man. Dennis so, yeah, I guess for so the rest of the podcast here is I did send over that trade. Um, obviously, <laughs> it's a good trade for Andy. There's no reason why Ben Simmons should be traded for job. But I am in a position to milk this and – would like to add a rookie there. So, um, yeah, Andy, it's officially in your court. I sent that over. Um, I know. I'm looking at your roster right now. I'm trying to see if maybe we could do like a, you know, two for two type of deal. 
Your team is sick, dude. <laughs> like, like, going through, I'm like, oh, man, it'd be awesome to get a few. Let's see. Is. And Brooke Lopez, I didn't – I don't know. There's guys who surprise me. Like, I'll look at the stats, and, you know, he is a solid big man, and I always rooted for him coming out of Stanford. Um, he was a pretty good player, but, I mean, anytime you're going to put up, uh, you know, 60 points as a big man or consistently 40 um, – well, not consistently, but more times than not. That's a good thing. And the guy that I really wish I had drafted, believe it or not, is Giannis. Because I just – I hate James Harden. I hate everything about that guy. I don't like the way he plays basketball. I don't Dude, like he's how – He's good. He's good. So, he's – I, I hate when it is fun. just him dribbling at the top of the key, but he's so good at it. When he's just literally going between his legs, between his legs, and he just stands there for five, six seconds doing that and then does this ridiculous step back and gets fouled and hits it. And you're just like – this guy's unguardable. He is unguardable, but he'll never win a championship. And I know that's not everything, but he, because of our head to head with the Warriors in all those years, and we've got the best of them every time, but I just, I can't say that I'm a Harden fan and it hurt me deep down to draft the guy, but somebody had to do it. <laughs> all right. I got a, a potential counter for you. Sure. What if we add uh, Jamal Murray for you? And Ben Simmons for whoa, they're Tiger for John Morant and Luke Kennard. No, <laughs> for Shea Gilgis Alexander. There's no way you're getting a Murray and a Jaw unless he's good, man. Well, yeah, but Jamal Murray is the truth. He's really good. He's established himself as an elite guard in the league at this point. And to make a significant move like that makes no sense. Okay, um, damn it. I know, I just, I love Jaw. <laughs> all right, I'll give, you, I'll give you a lesser player. How about I give you a Murray for a Zion and someone else who actually plays? No, I'm not going to trade. I have to wait for Zion. I can't, I can't pick him and then not keep him. So My issue is that what if he just, if I offered what if they just him? never play him? You what, is their, what is their uh, record? Who? New the Orleans. Pelicans? The Pelicans are terrible. They're, they're, uh, I know. Which has me worried that... You think they'll keep him out the year so he doesn't have to deal with this? I don't know. If they're just really, really bad... Yeah, right now they're 13th in the West. You know what's funny is they're... Who are we to talk? We're worse. We well, I, than they do. Warriors are going to get you know a top three pick. <laughs> That's something I definitely want to make sure we talk about as well. Um, uh, look, I'm, I'm – right, Yeah, let's, hit, just, let's just hit the Warriors real quick. And then we'll come back. think about this more. Damn it. You're, okay, let me ask you a question. So, if we're talking about the – and let me pull this up while we're talking. If we're talking about the mock draft of who should go next year, who would you like to see for the Warriors and why? Uh, I just haven't – I haven't watched enough college basketball this year. I've, like – read some stuff or, or like listen to a podcast where they say it's not really the greatest draft. I mean, obviously I see all the stupid highlights of LaMelo in, in Australia. Like LaMelo would not fit with the Warriors. That would not work. I think he's – the problem with LaMelo is, I, I mean, they never show – I don't watch any of those games, so they never show him on defense. You know, if he's like a total joke, NBA teams are going to stay away from him, um, which I can kind of see. Just, I don't know, it's – <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just my stigma of of Lamelo from when he was like a 
punk 12-year-old when I was watching highlights of him. Well, dude, I mean, I, I would have assumed that two names jump out. I mean, one well, Wiseman, was right? Wiseman. Yep. Um, but I would love to have a Cole Anthony and to have just a small – I know it's crazy, but to have like an Anthony Thompson Curry backcourt with a Draymond and then I don't know who'd be that five. It'd be super tiny, but no one would be able to run with that squad you but you center wise you would need a geez I don't know what you would need you would need well Cully Stein there's he signed for two seasons so he'd probably still be around and so what are you assuming that we trade D'Angelo Russell yeah we need it I I don't like I Bo will Bo will attest to this uh I'm assuming I was big on when we got him because I was excited but he from what I've seen dude he doesn't he doesn't look like a warrior to me like he doesn't fit our team I would like to see us flip him for another first round draft pick and go ahead and get, you know, some sort of big, big man and groom him with a Cole Anthony, but there's no way we'd get a Cole Anthony. I think he goes number one overall. I mean, if you've seen that guy play, I've watched a couple games. The dude is, he's pretty fucking good, man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've watched, uh, I haven't watched the full games, but I've seen, you know, his highlights and he's definitely balling out in North Carolina. So or I mean, I'm with you Warriors, to take him. I just maybe the Warriors. You know, I I truly believe that uh, uh, what's his face, um, Bob Myers is the best GM in the league. I could see us flipping a top pick with a D'Angelo for a superstar to bring back to the Warriors. I could see something like that. Yeah, I'd like to see us. Who would, who would you want him to target? I want to get Giannis. I think that's who we should target. I think we need to bring a guy back that's similar playing style to Durant because as much as I cried like a girl when he left, uh, not having him was the biggest punch to the balls I've ever felt as a sports fan. <laughs> the fall, the fall for us as Warriors fans has been so quick. It's just and the best unbelievable. Part is nobody's sympathetic except for ourselves. Yeah. Nobody's sympathetic. Everyone's like, you guys are bullshit, but it just reminds me so much, and I had this exact same conversation with, with Doug in, in another uh, podcast, but it just reminds me of when we were just rooting for Monte Ellis and these, like, random guys, especially with everybody hurt right now, where it's like, you know, uh, Troy Murphy and, you know, <laughs> these guys, you're like, oh, God, our oh, team yeah. sucks. I, I remember vividly I was at a Warriors game sitting in courtside seats, uh, the Sclavos' seats with Nick Valeri. Peter Sklavos and Bo, and we actually chiefed a blunt in Bo's uh, forerunner on the drive up. <laughs> and I hated Mike Dunleavy. And I remember yelling during like a inbound play or something. I was like, Mike Dunleavy, you suck. And he like heard me. And I remember being scared. I was like, oh, shit. Like looks over, you're like, oh, shit. And I was wearing like an Antoine Jameson jersey or something. <laughs> oh, man. That's too funny, man. I'm looking at the 2020 players who we could potentially go after, and, you know, it's not encouraging either because it's the top two guys are Anthony Davis and Draymond. Andre Drummond will be a free agent. That could be interesting if we could get a guy like that. DeMar DeRozan will be a free agent. I don't know. Like, again, those two guys, they've, like, I, I don't know if they would really fit. I, I wouldn't say either. that. I wouldn't say that DeAndre or um, Drummond. Andre Drummond is necessarily a winning basketball player. He gets a ton of rebounds, and you know he's a big guy. But I mean, the Pistons have never really been good since they've had him. 
I just want to get I like I said I just want to get a serviceable player that could come in and try and take over that kind of small forward role that Durant had where he's a scorer because I think we need an additional layer of scoring there just aren't those guys that's what I'm saying though I mean no you're right maybe god I Gordon Hayward is definitely not the answer no yeah he's having he's balling out so far this season but I'm not sure that that's someone you can just rely on right so anyways, uh, so I'm looking kind of- at this. Okay, back to back to the trade. Oh, I just so I'm just not sure. Like if, dude, if John Morant is that much, or if if Ben Simmons is that much better than John Morant. Yeah, but like you said yourself, um, you can't keep. I mean, you could keep both those guys and then play the, you know, Russian roulette of potentially getting a top pick and getting them both back again, guaranteeing you get one or the other, and then the other picking up in the draft. That's definitely an option. There's I'm just no- looking. So Ben Simmons, right? Oh, wait. Where is that? Shit. 38 points per game. Here's how I feel about Ben. Ben is not having a great year so far, and he's putting up these numbers. So I only feel like it'll get better. He's already been hurt. He's been hurt three games a season. Like John Morant's been hurt a couple games, hasn't he? Uh, no. John Morant's played every game. Mm. My mistake. Mm. Actually, let me double check. <laughs> he might have said that one game. Yeah, he said that one game. <clears throat> um, and they just had that – they just – the coach just came out that they've been only – because he was only playing less than 30 minutes a game for the first six or seven games, and coach just came out saying he's going to be playing more minutes now. The only way you're getting Jamal Murray and Simmons is if you trade me John Moran and Brandon Ingram. That's the only way that's happening. Fucking <sighs> Brandon Ingram has been just crushing it this season. Yeah, he's coming off a knee injury. Not but even it- a knee injury. It said, like, his knee was sore. He sat out four damn games. He lost me. T- I lost the last two weeks because he sat out those games. It was killing me. Yeah, think about the, the squad you're looking at right now, if you added a guy like Simmons, then you have a go-to star. And let's say you trade Marant. So like you said, you just need to win a couple games till Christmas. I'm sure Ben Simmons would thread the needle enough for you. What's your projections looking like this week for whoever you're playing against? It's going to be close. It's me and um, and Taylor. Okay. So if you were to add a oh, – so, okay, so if you added a Simmons, it'd maybe be a wash or a couple more points on your end. As far uh, as- dude, Ingram – I can't. I wouldn't be able to trade Ingram. What about – who's my next best player? <laughs> I just look at this – I'm not even trying to talk – garbage here i just look at the squad there's not a single guy in this squad that that makes me excited you want oh man other than zion right just sitting there well i told you i'll do a i'll do a murray for a zion right now i'll take a gamble and he'll be my you know i can afford to lose a a guy to that magnitude and i'll pick (laughs) you're like my team is so sick (laughs) i'll throw a zion in there and he'll be my guy for next year i'm just looking for a guy for next year and Tyler Hero is not that guy. What about instead of instead of Ingram, we do Levine. 
You said you like the Chicago Bulls. Zach Levine and John Morant for Jamal Murray and Ben Simmons. Yeah. See, Levine is playing better than both those guys and all three of those guys in the trade, actually. But I don't know if it's sustainable. But it might be because he's he's on a really bad team and he's the best player. Jeez, he's 34 rank right now. What's Jaw? Uh dude, Jaw's up there too. Jaw's 65. Wait, no, no, no. Yeah. Where's my I got too many damn tabs open. He's 65 probably because of the game that he sat out. Damn, I thought he was hiring that, but yeah. You're giving me two good guards back, but I mean losing Murray is tough. Who won? What didn't uh who's your who's your buddy? I think it might be Zach or whoever. One of those guys had Murray one year, and I think they won it all, and he was a force. Yeah, I mean, Murray, the problem is that Dal- or Denver's so deep that – do I even want Murray? Shit. <laughs> now I'm rethinking all my – Yeah, screw it, man. I mean, I'm 4-0. This is fantasy. I, I do this every year. In, uh, the yeah, football. but I, I got to play it safe. I got to just make it to Christmas. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll do a, I'll do a Murray. I'll do a Morant and a uh, Levine for, for Murray and Simmons right here on the cast. Hot take. No, I know, but I also love no, Levine. It's funny is that Ingram, Ingram, Levine were two guys that I was targeting from the draft. So I'm like, do I want to let go? Dude, because Chicago sucks, and Levine is the only guy that can – that's an actual like, – You're talking yourself out of the trade you just offered me. <laughs> I am. I'm literally talking myself out. I'm like, oh, shit. <clears throat> why don't we just stick to the original trade let's do a jaw for a ben and your your fallback is literally a zion which is questionable but i mean you gotta you don't need to roll the dice i mean if you're not comfortable with the trade it is what it is but why not why what's not funny is i know i do want i mean i simmons like that is fair because you get job for that second year it's just do i think that simmons won't get hurt yeah what was he what was he out for is that his shoulder simmons was out for a shoulder that's correct um all right i'm gonna need to take this offline because this is <laughs> terrible for the podcast. But, dude, I might, I might do it. I'm gonna text you after this and, and let you know. I just need to double check, see if there's any no anything about Simmons with that shoulder. But sure. God, I just love Morant, dude. It's... And trade me Zion. I want Zion. I've wanted Zion this whole time. What can we do for Zion? <laughs> What if I did a it's the it's the you know what we were talking about earlier where it's like I just don't want to regret trading trading them, which is probably why in fantasy people there aren't as many trades as you'd think. Because you just don't want to be like, I had them and I actually traded them and now they're balling out. 
Um, yeah, shit. it's a solid point. All right. Well, I think I'm going to put this on pause real quick. I need to just do a little bit more research before this actually happens. But just for the record, everybody who's listening to this now, I'm very close. Cool. <laughs> I'm very close taking it because, man, Simmons, you know, especially with – I'm, like, literally thinking of all the poss- – Embiid, right? He sits out every couple of games. He's got to be – And think about it when, it. when it comes down to, you know, right now, obviously, guys are taking games off for some petty bullshit. But once we get closer to, uh, you know, playoff push, Simmons – is their bread and butter. Like, unless he's, he's out with some serious injury, they rely on him, and especially Embiid, but he's always out, you know, to, to carry the team. So there's no more Jimmy Butler. Simmons is a solid pick. I'm, if anything, I think I'm taking a chance on picking a guy who's kind of going through a hot streak, and I'm just falling in love with the sexy name, knowing I can get him next year. I mean, if, if you I know, could, You know the uh, importance of those keepers. I do know the importance of it. And, you know, I think that's why they're so valuable. But for someone who's in my position and someone that's in yours, and um, I know you want to win some games here, I think it, it makes sense. And if you didn't have Zion, it'd make no sense. But like I said here on the cast, I'm willing to trade for Zion, not knowing when I'm going to get back, just for the sheer name alone. I mean, I'm... <laughs> it's a sexy name. I'm not going to lie. Zion. Then I think I probably... changed my whole – then I actually have to change my team name if I trade Zion. You would. I'm probably going to buy the guy's Jordan shoes before he ever plays a game because I heard they're being released uh, All-Star Weekend, and I don't even know if he's going to play before then. Oh, really? I was actually just looking up new basketball shoes, so maybe I hold off too. I love Zion too. I think there's no chance I'm trading Zion. I'm going to think about this Ja for for Simmons. Um, but Well, to, to loop it back to kind of your agenda and what you talked about, we talked Warriors um, – Obviously, it's it's been nice being uh, on a hot start. I really just want to make the playoffs at this point, but um, which I which I'm on a good streak. The biggest surprise player I would say though from my team this year would have to be. You said Morris before. That's not a bad one. I mean, he's if he's he's I upwards say, of thirty, right? Yes, I think my biggest surprise though is Sexton because I didn't. So I, I don't know. I didn't think he'd get some of these 40 point games that he's had. And I don't know when I watched that guy, I didn't really understand why they selected Darius Garland when they already had Sexton, but uh, you know, it, it's worked out for them so far. I think, I don't know what their record is. I mean, the, they suck. <laughs> the cat, the Cavs aren't, the Cavs aren't great, but Sexton is, I mean, for a fantasy guy, especially when he's like points league where sometimes he has terrible shooting nights in terms of percentages, but he still is able to get you points. And um, when anytime you get a basketball player on your team from Alabama, it's like, wait, you double take. You're like, you mean football, right? <laughs> yeah. You're like, so I, I don't know how that recruiting went so sideways that he went to Bama, but I, I enjoy watching the guy play. So he's probably my biggest surprise besides Morris uh, that's on the squad so far. Nice. All right, man, I'm going to uh, go ahead. I'm going to do a little bit more research here for this trade. Um, but thanks for jumping on the pod and uh, appreciate you going over the, uh, the stand-up that you did. Like I said, guys, moral of the story is just go to a WNBA game and bite the bullet, buy, you know, eat some good uh, arena food, and get out of there <laughs> instead of exactly. having to get up and possibly shit your pants up on stage.
I, I do have one thing I'd like to add. I think we should make it part of the punishment is you have to purchase a WNBA jersey at the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's actually not bad. Because, yeah, the tickets are pretty much free. <laughs> so. I mean, Andy, when you, when you were trying to tell me that there was no excuse to not drive to L.A. for the game, I looked at him like, dude, I'm not going up. And it was literally there were $10 seats. So I think a jersey is in order. I think uh, – you should have to spend a hundred dollars and I'm pretty sure the jerseys are, you know, probably $20. I can't imagine they're more. Than that. <laughs> you think they sell them in, in men's extra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, right, man. Man, it's fun. You have a good night. Um, text me. I'm ready to trade. Yeah, man. Hey, and uh, you know, good luck on the rest of the season. I'm jealous of uh, the two guys you got who are honestly just balling out right now. It's always fun when you look at your, uh, your team from the last night and somebody's got 60 70 80 points in one game and you're just like nice dude i got this week this is easy so uh, i'm jealous thanks man well it's always a pleasure look forward to coming on later in the year and good luck to you as well yeah thanks man all right later andy bye